Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Buying real estate's fun, renting real estate's awesome, and brand new real estate, if it can make a return, that is cool. We're gonna talk about that opportunity today in some really great markets on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Have you thought about adding agricultural real estate to your portfolio? Hey, it's Robert Helms. For years, we've been talking about the various ways to capitalize from the impending calorie crunch by investing in land that yields productive crops. The concept is sound, the need is proven, and it can be a great way to diversify by both product type and market. If that sounds interesting to you, consider joining me on a live opportunity tour to Panama and Paraguay this December. We'll learn firsthand about several specific opportunities and have lots of time over meals and activities to talk about all things real estate. To get the details, go to the website of realestateguysradio.com and click on events where you'll find the Paraguay Citrus and Greenhouse Plantation Tour. If you'll cover your flights, the Paraguay Ag Invest team will cover your hotel, tours, and meals. So join me in Panama and Paraguay, December 9th to 13th. Go to Real Estate Guys Radio under events. Profit from farming without getting your hands dirty. Join me on the Paraguay Citrus and Greenhouse Plantation Opportunity Tour, and I look forward to spending time with you and learning together. That's realestateguysradio.com under events. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me, as usual, our co-host and financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. We love real estate. We do. It's like an addiction. <laughs> it's crazy good. It's crazy fun. And one of the greatest things is getting out to see the world. And every market is not the same. And today, you know, last couple of weeks, we've been talking about you know, different um, financial aspects of real estate. You know, gosh, all that craziness with the repo printing of money and and it's an interesting time so I think more than ever it's important that you pick your markets well. Well I think that's such a great point because people who are commenting on what's going on at the macro level in the economic world uh, still think of things in terms of asset classes and they look at real estate as an asset class and real estate's in a bubble. Every market is different and every property niche is different. And every house is different. Every neighborhood is different and oh every gosh. property is different. And then ownership, motivation, and structures is different. It's as unique as your fingerprint. And there's always going to be opportunity. And what's great is real estate entrepreneurs, and that's a lot of the people we get a chance to hang out with, are in there at the street level rooting around, looking for those pockets of opportunity, trying to figure out how can we do a deal? How can we do a project? How can we find a way to create value and make a profit? And that's what capitalism does. It motivates people to put their best efforts into finding pockets of opportunity. What I love about what we do is we sit on this perch at the Real Estate Guys radio show and these people find us or we find them and we get together and we get the chance to see uh, across a lot of different markets and talk to a lot of different people about their approaches and the way they're doing things. And we learn a ton, which is fabulous, but we realize how creative these people are. And how amazing they are at finding a way to get the deal done. And of course, you know, over time, we watch markets ebb and flow. And we're going to be talking about a market today that we have spent a lot of time in and uh, really know pretty well, but haven't talked about in quite a while. So I'm looking forward to the update. You know, there's so much that you have to take in consideration. And we talk about the fact that you get married to a market as a buy and hold investor. If I'm buying something and flipping it quickly, well, then I maybe don't need to worry about the market as much because I'm not going to be left holding the bag, so to speak. But Ryan Real Estate isn't like that. When you get in and you own a property, to get back out 
is 8, 10, 12% in just sales costs and transaction costs and all that stuff. So when you're going to pick a market, you always want to be smart about it, but you react differently. If I'm a, a, a day trader, that's different than I'm a value investor in terms of the stock market. I want to hold blue chip stocks that pay dividends. It's very different than technical analysis and, and buying and selling. If I'm a playboy, it's very different than if I'm a family man. <laughs> I knew you would put that spin on it. We are, after all, the real estate guys. But markets are different everywhere, and yet some of the things that are the same is whether or not it's landlord-friendly or tenant-friendly, whether or not it's a growing market, what we call net in-migration, more people coming in than leaving, jobs, or jobs depleting, or jobs increasing, are they the right kind of jobs? Now, you hear people talk about whether the kinds of jobs we've had in the last five years aren't the best types of jobs. You know what? For, for blue-collar, bread-and-butter rental property, they have exactly the right kind of job. So it depends on what end of this year you're on. As real estate investors, we don't want to get too dispersed in our market thinking, right? When I remember I had a, a gal come up to me at my appraisal course, and she goes, I'll, I'll have you know I'm researching 18 different markets right now across the United States. And I said, you're wasting your time. 18 is way too many. I mean, we're not even in 18 different markets. We know more than that, but we don't know well more than a few and I think that's the key is find a market, figure out what makes sense. Now, the other thing we're going to learn and talk about today is this idea of buying new. I remember when Las Vegas started to take off in 2002 and 2003, and we were pointing to all kinds of great opportunities to buy new. And those properties went up. It seemed every minute they were going up in value. And it was great, but it's rare that a new property can give you the same financial performance as a used property for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that to develop a property takes the money for the property and all the materials and the labor and a profit. And that's what sets the price. Whereas a property that's a don't want her property, someone's wanting to get rid of it for whatever reason, you can get uh, sometimes a really good deal that way. But there are rare opportunities when you can find brand new property that actually performs. And there's also some things just going on that people should be aware of. First of all, just in the cycle, you know, when a marketplace is distressed and like we had in 2008, you got it's impossible to build new product at the market price because the market price is too low. And you have you know, today's costs of labor, today's costs of materials, today's costs of land and regulations and all of that. And so you just have to sit and wait. At some point, as the market heals, and that's happened, prices come up, now it makes sense to build. And the people who kind of get in on the front end of that have an advantage. Uh, one of the things that's going on right now that's kind of interesting is we have a real estate developer in the White House. Now, you may not like this guy, but as a real estate guy, you know, one of the things he realizes is that there is a lot of expense in developing, and part of that is regulatory. There's a lot of regulation. Recently, he signed an executive order to uh, reduce the cost of regulation in building. And the National home Association of Home Builders loved it. In fact, they were part of the driving force behind it. And they said that building single-family homes in particular, the cost with the delivered cost, up to 25% of it is regulation. Wow. And so there's some things happening. There's some other things happening with the opportunity zones. And of course, we all know where interest rates are at, and they're pretty attractive. So there's just there's some things happening that make new build pretty interesting. And then when you find a creative entrepreneur who finds a way to drive even a little bit more cost out of it, now you've got a product that's viable for a buy and hold investor to come in and derive uh, long-term income from. Well, thank goodness our guest today is a creative entrepreneur who's building new build in a couple of great markets when we come back. You'll meet our good friend Chris Funk on the Real Estate Guys radio program. 
Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Are you achieving everything you want in life? What if there was a time-tested way for you to get everything you've dreamed of? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You too can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms, and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Create Your Future, the 2020 Goals Retreat, January 17th to 19th in beautiful Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. This unique weekend has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the thousands of people that have attended. Hear from some of them and find out more at realestateguysradio.com under events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2020 Goals Retreat on the third weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com to register. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723, extension 18, today. Hi, this is Mark Skousen, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. We're talking today about finding great markets and great properties, and that gets harder to do when we get longer in the tooth of the cycle. But the gentleman you're about to meet has been through uh, a bunch of this. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Chris Funk. How are you? Great. How are you, sir? I'm good. It's good to see you. We uh, last met at your office in Jacksonville, where you've got an amazing property management team and actually teams of property managers, and uh, it was time to reconnect. And not only that, in addition to many Florida markets, you guys are now making great inroads in a couple of new markets. So we wanted to get uh, the input on that and find out where are you going and what are you doing? Sure. I'd love to tell you about it. We are in Southwest Atlanta at the moment. We've been in Atlanta for six years now, you know, turnkeys uh, when the inventory was still available for us to buy homes in the, in the distressed markets. That's, that's obviously dried up and uh, and so our business model has turned fully to build to rent. Well, this is interesting because when we met last, you were doing some of this. You were doing some construction and getting your feet wet kind of in a different model. And you'd been doing the turnkey for a while, and there was great opportunity there. Of course, you got lots of happy uh, landlords who have properties that have been performing well because the market you're in have done well. But now all of a sudden, the shift where it does make sense to buy land, develop, and do something brand new. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's really, yeah, it comes down to the, the cost factor of it all. So, you know, when we, we were looking at the turnkeys and the yields that we were getting, 
we started looking at build cost from a brand new construction standpoint. And then we started developing. You know, we found that uh, if, we, if we are self-developing properties and there's not that developer markup in there that the normal national home builders have, that we can then go ahead and provide inventory to our clients at a, at a discount to what the market is. And it's still, from a, from a dollar per square foot standpoint, comparable, if not less, than what the market has gone to for the older construction properties. And, you know, when you look at it and you look at the expense ratios and you look at the decreased insurance cost of new construction over, over older construction, uh, the lower maintenance cost, new construction over older construction, you know, the, the answer becomes clear. Would you rather have a, you know, house yielding X that was built in 1950 or would you rather get the same yield for a house that was built in 2018, 2019? Well, it's interesting because of your perspective, having done a lot of those houses built in the 50s and 60s, brought them up to speed, tenanted them, managing them, so knowing really where the rubber meets the road in terms of return, what tenants will pay and so forth, you just kind of assume, well, gosh, you know, new build is going to be a premium. But as you look into it, it's like, wait a minute, we can deliver a product that is consistent where there's some cost saving because of the size, the efficiencies, going in and rehabbing single family homes that were built 40 or 50 years ago by some builder who may or may not even be around anymore is different than when you get to start from the ground up. And so really it becomes a really interesting value proposition for you guys, but also ultimately for the investors. I think I think the word that you said was consistent. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head with that because... What new build offers is that consistency of cash flow. You know, you, you don't have the potential deferred maintenance that you have from a 1950s house. And, you know, we've, we've done thousands of those. And at the end of the day, you can put $50,000 in renovation into an old house and you could still have an issue six months later. Whereas with the new construction, it is a brand new house. You know, all the, all the deferred maintenance is, is erased because there is none. So, you know, we, we found that that, creates a much more consistent cash flow uh, with our investors. The, the biggest issue is, is we don't really hear from them much after, after they close on the home. You know, they close on the home, we put a tenant in, and there's not much more to talk about because the check just comes every month. Well, and many of these tenants, of course, stay longer because they're single family homes, they're new construction, they're raising families and all the things that you do. And so you don't get as quite as much turnover, I would imagine. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I think part of the reason that we don't get as much turnover as well is, you know, we're, we're able to spec these houses out exactly how we want them as opposed to a renovation project. You're always making that determination. Well, do I, do I keep this? You know, the cabinets are okay. Okay, we'll keep those, but then we're going to replace the countertops. You know, there's always that give and take in a right. renovation. Whereas when we, we build the new construction, we can go out, we can get the best pricing on the materials that we want. So, you know, with the volume that we're doing now, we'll finish 600 units this year. You know, we, we are able to go and get the best price on granite. So we put granite in everything. You know, get the best price on the undermount sinks. Looks better. You know, that's what, you know, the tenants are looking at these, these finishes that we're putting in these houses. And then they're going at looking at, you know, one of the national home builders specs, which are, which are less, you know, less specced out than our, than our homes are as rental properties. You know, so we put vinyl plank floors throughout every one of our homes. You know, the tenants love it. It looks great. But also our landlords love it because they're not replacing carpet every time. You know, when you start with a brand new fresh, fresh slab, you can put 
vinyl plank floors down and it looks great you know in, a, in an older house that might be a little wonky in the uh you know in the in the slab category it's harder to put down these these finishes that ultimately reduce your turn cost when you do have a turn and turnover uh, which obviously comes at a, at a slightly uh, uh, lower uh, turnover rate because the tenants are looking at the same thing you are so you know if you're a tenant and your carpet looks terrible well, you got a choice. Do I replace the carpet or do I move? <laughs> you know, and a lot of tenants move vinyl plank floors. You know, they put a Swiffer over and it looks fresh as new, you know, you know, fresh and new. Same with the granite countertops. So, uh, so we do definitely find that that adds to the longevity of the, the tenant. Well, the tenant has got a couple decisions to make when they're out looking, they're looking at more than one house, right? And they're going to see a 20 year old house and they're going to see a house where a landlord made a decision that the Carpet could wait another turn, right? Or they're going to go and walk in something brand new. And not only brand new, a year from now, the house is still going to be effectively new. Two years from now, still effectively new. A long time until one of your houses is 50 years old. Exactly. And, you know, and then the great thing for our investors uh, that are buying the homes from us is if they decide they want to sell that home as a, as a retail sale later down the line, well, it's already got the finishes that, that they're going to need in there to sell that to a retail home buyer. Well, this is a key point. Something I want to talk to you about is that there's this idea of investor grade. You buy something, so the wear and tear is there, like you mentioned with the floors, but also does it seem like a rental? Do you cut corners because they're only tenants? In this case, it's the opposite of that. By putting granite in, that's certainly appealing to a tenant, but ultimately, one of the greatest things about single family is multiple exit strategies. I might be able to sell a house that has a tenant in it to an investor, but I also might be able to sell to an owner-occupant. Exactly. Now, what about you're doing tracks of homes, are you? Correct, yeah. So you you not only are controlling the lot, but kind of the look and feel of the neighborhoods. Yes. So, and, and we do a little bit of both, actually. So, we you know, we do a lot of uh, track subdivisions, but we also do infill lots where we can find them, you know, to supplement that deal flow. And uh, we, we love both of them. Uh, you know, for us, it's a heck of a lot easier if we can find some infill lots at reasonable prices and go build a house. You well, know. not only that, but what we were talking about, you may be in neighborhoods where there are, are owner occupants, which is always better from a rental perspective, from a value perspective, than when everybody in the neighborhood is a tenant. And you bring up a good point there. You know, we, we really try to bring in a mix. When we do these track subdivisions, we try to bring in that mix of homeowner versus just tenant. Because the, the homeowners are going to have sales to other homeowners. You know, investors, they make, you know, you know, never know how long they're going to keep their house. But homeowners, you know, you're going to have some some sale activity, which of course is going to drive those prices up uh, long term. You know, you need to have some comps in order for there to be appreciation. So, uh, so we do like to mix that in there. Well, but- and I think this brings up a really interesting point, Chris, and that is, a person looks at what you're doing and saying, well, if they're going to build a tract of new homes. Selling to a retail buyer, someone who's going to live in the house, they're going to pay a premium for it. Investors aren't going to pay that same premium. So why on earth as a developer does it make sense to sell to investors? And you have kind of a unique answer for that. Yeah, so so I'm an investor myself. And I speak better to investors than anybody else. If somebody tried to, uh, you know, tried to ask me what color paint uh, they should have on the wall or, or whatnot, you know, I'd say, well, you know, we, we have two two paint colors. You know, I don't know, I don't know what. Either one's uh, good. Yeah, either one, either one's good. So, you know, I, I really like to 
uh, I really appeal more to the investor because I see it through the eyes that they see it through, which is they're looking for a return on the property. Yeah, I'm, I'm less of an emotional guy, I guess you could say. Well, of course, the other thing is that investors will buy more often than homeowners will. Well, this is right. This is I mean, you get true. a happy uh, uh, owner that comes in and says, "Hey, I'll take another one uh, next year and another one next year." Uh, an owner occupant isn't doing that. Most only have one house at a time. Yeah. Well, and 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 the beauty of you know we're going to talk about uh, the Atlanta market today, but you know that's one of the reasons that we've spread into as many markets as we have is a lot of our investors want some geographic diversity of their uh, of their portfolio. So of course we want to provide that. So you know now we build in Atlanta, we build in Jacksonville, we build in Palm Coast, Ocala, Cape Coral, Punta Gorda. And you know, so th- there's kind of two effects of uh, of all these e- these markets. One is we can sell more product because you can only absorb so many rentals in a market. Right. So you know, so we're always you know we're always very aware of staggering our builds within segments within each market to make sure that we can absorb the rentals. You know, right now we're we're renting the homes on average in about 20 days from the date that the uh, the investor buys the home from us. And we think that's a a phenomenal time frame. We're always trying to get it quicker, but it just shows that we are staggering the builds in a manner that allows for the rental absorption in the way that we feel is most efficient. Well, and and by having property management, there's nobody better positioned to understand rental absorption, right? Because you're the ones that have to perform on that. If I'm just a builder and I'm going to build a house and sell it to someone, go, yeah, the rents are great around here. Good luck with that. That's different than you guys having to deliver the tenant. Well, that's, you know, it, it very much aligns our interests. Yes. So, you know, we, we have a uh, we have an eagle eye on that vacancy report. That's that's something we look at every single week. Uh, I look at it every week. There's somebody in our office looking at it every single day. Yeah. You know, I think that gives our investors some comfort because they know we're in it with them. And the houses that we own, they're getting leased by the same people that are leasing their homes. So everything that we do for our investors, we're doing for ourselves as well. So Chris, before we talk about the different markets and maybe why you've selected the markets that you have, and certainly I want to hear about Atlanta. It's a, it's a popular market on the Real Estate Guys world for a long time. Um, let's continue this discussion about buying new because there's a couple of things that come with buying new. First of all is you've got the infancy of the neighborhood. So landscaping isn't mature and so forth. That usually is a trade-off with the fact that the house is brand new, so the tenant will like that. But talk about what some of the long-term vision is for your customers, people that come and say, yeah, I want to buy a property here, and, and I want, I'm, they may be many, I know many of your clients live outside of the United States. What are they looking for, and how are you meeting those needs? The biggest thing that people are looking for is areas where there's population growth and jobs to support that population growth. I mean, you know, if, if you've got those two things, that that is a, you know, those are some some winners for appreciation of your real estate asset. Sure. So that we only build in growth markets. And we only build in uh, in markets that uh, that have job centers. You know, there, there's got to be some pool to bring this uh, th- to bring this population in. And and then once you know, once we've determined that those two factors are there, then we're only building in areas where, when we look at the three mile radius around the properties that we are buying. They have to be able to support the uh, the rental price. Right. So you know, so at our company, we require a three times uh, rent multiple. So they've got to earn three times as much as the monthly rent is. And so you know, when you start putting all those factors together, 
it, it makes it really easy for us to whittle down whether something works or not. Still very hard for us to find the land deals, but once we find them, we can determine quickly whether or not it's one that we want. Well, this is an important part because those individual lots you talked about, when you can find those, that's great business. But in order to do the volume you guys are doing, you got to find some bigger pieces. And I know you spent a lot of time doing that. Last time we talked, you just identified a couple, and there were some cases where what made sense for you guys was just to do the development of the lots and then to sell to some of the bigger builders, maybe the, the name builders, and all of a sudden, well, it makes sense to sell these to investors. So there's another nuance of buying new that I think we should talk about, and, and that is that you have the, you're setting the bar at what quote-unquote market value is when you come in and you deliver the property brand new with the profit margins that you need, albeit you can work at a little lower profit margin because your end buyer is an investor, and that's important. Yeah, absolutely. So we're a pre-construction builder, meaning that we pre-sell everything that that's, that we're building. So an investor comes to us and they say, we like this subdivision and we want a, a property in that particular subdivision or, or, or wherever, one of the infill lots. And so until they've signed a contract, we're not starting to build that house. So what that enables us to do is wipe out all of the fluff that, that you have to put in for the sales process after you've built a home. So, you know, right now we, we've talked to, you know, we sell a lot of lots to national home builders. 80% of the homes being sold in Jacksonville right now in the price points, you know, in our in our price points, you know, below 250, 80% of those are spec homes. So when you're selling spec, you have to account for the fact that you might get a CO on that property and still own it for another two or three months. No you, investor left behind, certificate of occupancy, meaning now the house is done, it can be transferred, but if there's nobody buying it, all those costs have to be factored in. Well, that's it. And and even if somebody contracts on it the same day of CO, it's still going to be a 60-day close by the time they go through their lender process and get it to final closing. Yep. And normally, you know, you're going to see 30, 45 days on the market. So really, that's pushing out to, you know, more like three months, three and a half months. So, you know, what, what we're able to do by pre-selling all of these is we're able to wipe out all of that contingency that you'd have to put in for our interest cost. You know, so, you know, we, we build these homes with our builder's lines of credit. So we have to pay for that money. So we can knock off three months of that because we're not worried about selling, you know, selling these homes in three months after they're complete. We're selling them 15 days after they're complete. You don't right, have to so my question to builders is always this. How many days between certificate of occupancy and COE do you want? Like as few as possible, right? Yep. You, the, the minute it's ready to go. And so what this, what's brilliant about this is by selling it first and then building it. It seems counterintuitive. By, by doing it that way, first of all, you can do that because an investor doesn't need to move in next weekend, right? An investor wants the house when the house is ready. So an investor is willing to say, well, I'll, I'll take, take it now. And, and when you deliver it, then I'll close on it. Whereas a homeowner is like, well, the kids start school in September, so we've got to have the house in this time, right? So that's the, the first thing. And then the second part that's great about it is you can meter your entire production process based on the demand you have. Because if it, your typical time might be, you know, whatever it is, three, four, five months to build a house, 
It doesn't have to be. If you can manage your costs and your crews better because you're not trying to hit these deadlines for owner-occupants, then that also saves money. Oh, absolutely. You know, all, all of that rolls into the, you know, rolls into the cost that we're able to provide it back, you know, back to the investor. You know, and, and there's there's an added benefit to the investor as well. You know, we look at these and, and we do our budgets and, you know, we, we work off of very thin margins, you know, because we're trying to make that rental yield that's going to work for our client. And so, you know, we're stuck. We're stuck in a box right. you know we, we there it doesn't matter really what that person the property is worth in the general market it matters how much rental yield that property will produce Important distinction. so you know what we find is you know we we buy a piece of land and we buy it today that land is based on what we see in the market in from a rent standpoint and what we see outside and also the retail sales standpoint so you know we need to make sure that we are still providing a a competitive product which it's Almost never happens that that the uh, rental price would would uh, make the purchase price higher, higher than right. than the uh, than the retail. Lower, yeah. It's always going to be lower. But the the side effect from the pre construction that investors they don't always see and and we don't always see it. You know because you, you just don't know what's going to happen. But when you're buying a house six months or twelve months before it's complete, we're basing that on what we know we can rent it for today, and what what the market is today. Well, six months or 12 months from now, generally rents are going up. Prices are going up. You know, we, we had one, uh, we had this, uh, one of our investors was so excited. He, uh, well, first he wasn't excited. He called and he said, I've got an issue. He said, my, my bank says I need a special letter because there's an appraisal problem. We're like, appraisal problem? What, what do you mean appraisal problem? He goes, apparently... The price you're selling it to me for is too far below the appraised value. Yep. And our bank thinks something is fishy. There must be a distressed sale for some reason. Explain why you're getting it at such a good price. Exactly. So we had to. We had to. So go you were happy this. to raise the price <laughs> for the appraisal. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we would have been happy to do that, but no, that no. that was that was his benefit. You know, that's the benefit that he got from contracting on that property six months before it was complete. A lot of other properties sold during that time period that really drove up the appraisal. You know, we've also seen in you know in, in our Ocala market just phenomenal rental increases. And, you know, so we had people that um, would buy a quadruplex from us and, you know, we were, you know, budgeting at 825 rent per unit and the units were running for $900 by the time it was complete. So, you know, you look at the cash flow difference, you know, from 825 to 900 per unit. So here you are, you're making an extra $300 per month. $3,600 per year. That's just free money because you're the math worked at 825. Right. So, you know, so these are the some of the benefits that, uh, you know, that you get where as an investor, your money's working for you and you haven't even deployed it yet. So, you know, this is just uh, just one of the happiest sides of the new construction that we didn't even think about when we first started doing it. Now, we talked a little bit about this idea of deferred maintenance. There isn't any when the home is new. But what about things like builder home warranty? People, when they buy houses, are like, well, how do I know it was all done? People often ask us, like, should I get a home inspection on a new home? Well, it's brand new, but maybe so. Talk about that part of it. Yeah, so so we always encourage people to get a home inspection. If, if nothing else, just for peace of mind, you know, have somebody other than us looked at the house and said, hey, it looks great. 
So, so we always recommend that. I would say probably half the time, you know, our clients get a home inspection and half the time they don't. But the new construction comes with a one-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. Yeah. So we always budget maintenance because that's what you have to do. You know, you can't you can't do a rental pro forma and not put maintenance in the budget. Right. So, um, so you know, we put the, the the maintenance in there. But the reality is, in year one, unless there's a turnover, any any other maintenance item is going to be on us, unless it was some sort of crazy tenant-related issue. Uh, you know, so if there's there's anything that comes up, the builder warranty is taking care of that. And and because our property management company is aligned with our building company, all the subcontractor data is already in our property management software. So if there's an issue, the pro- the portfolio manager, you know, they notify the the owner by email, but the owner doesn't have to do anything. They don't have to get their warranty work out. They don't have to go call the builder and say, you know, hey, what th- this went wrong and my property management company said this and then there's all the finger pointing. No, it's it goes straight from property management straight to the, the vendor that provided whatever service it was that there was an issue on and it's resolved. We're talking about brand new rental property. When we come back, we'll ask Chris about the markets and their uniqueness and we'll play real estate trivia next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. When it comes to successful rental property investing, it pays to be picky. Pick the right markets, pick profitable properties, and pick great property management. That's easier said than done, but we've got great news. Jerry Curran and his rock star team at Mid-South Homebuyers are going strong in Memphis, Tennessee and Little Rock, Arkansas too. So for a top-notch turnkey single-family home rental property, whether you're a new investor or have a large portfolio already, pick Terry Kerr and Mid-South for a truly A-plus investing experience. To learn more, send an email to Mid-South at realestateguysradio.com. That's Mid-South at realestateguysradio.com. Do you have a self-directed IRA invested in a syndication? Guess what? It's a ticking time bomb. Why? Because IRAs get hit with UBIT taxes, even Roth IRAs. Hi, I'm Damian Lupo, and we fixed this problem for you forever. It gets even better because using the EQRP, you can literally get rid of taxes from all of your gains forever and protect your nest egg. The EQRP is the best vehicle to get it done. IRAs can't do it, not even Roth IRAs. You see, UBIT happens whenever any type of IRA invests in anything with debt. Don't worry, even if your IRA is already invested in a deal, we can kill that tax. Our team at Total Control Financial is here to give you control of your retirement money and free you from that deadly IRA tax forever. Want to learn more about the EQRP? Send an email to eqrp at realestateguysradio.com. I'll email you my special report and send you a copy of the QRP book. Paying a 37% UBIT tax is stupid. First step to getting rid of that tax is to send an email to eqrp at realestateguysradio.com today. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the Real Estate Guys. They really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Coming up in the new year, it is Create Your Future, our 2020 goals retreat. If you lack clarity in any area of your life, if you want to make sure that the next year is your best year yet, then come on out to the Goals Retreat in Lake Las Vegas, the third weekend of the new year. All the details on the website at realestateguysradio.com under events. 
We're talking with Chris Funk about finding great properties in growing markets. Before we get back to that interview, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question, which of course has something to do with the topic we're covering today. In fact, the market we're about to talk about with Chris. And we've got a great prize for you. It's an awesome book by Robert Kiyosaki called Second Chance. That could be yours if you're the first person to get today's Real Estate Trivia question correct. Last week on the show, it was our annual edition of Halloween Horror Stories, and we asked this. The first jack-o'-lanterns were actually made not from pumpkins, but from something else. What was it? Well, the answer is turnips. Yeah, the Irish carved turnips into jack-o'-lanterns in the 19th century. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. One of the markets that Chris and company have expanded into is Southwest Atlanta. Here's what I want to know. How many companies headquartered in Metro Atlanta are among the 2019 Fortune 500? Yeah, a lot of Fortune 500 companies in Atlanta. How many? If you know, or just want to take a guess, it's a number after all, send your guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Be sure to include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address so that if you're the winner, we can send you Second Chance by Robert Kiyosaki. That's today's real estate trivia question. We're talking with Chris Funk about brand new rental property, which is a kind of a mind bender. I know most people buy resale houses. The house is only new once, but it is making sense now, especially for you guys, for the reasons we talked about. And, and a new home's great. Got all that. Fabulous. What's not to like? The lender loves it. Everybody loves it. Let's talk about the markets because Jacksonville's been a great market. These, some of these other markets that you guys have been in and, and you've built, of course, some small multifamily properties. We talked about that last time, but now Atlanta. So uh, before we're done, uh, you guys put together a great report on uh, the Southwest uh, Atlanta market. But talk about why Atlanta and what you guys like about it. Well, so we've we've liked Atlanta for we've been there for about six years now, and you know, it's a market that just can't be ignored. You know, it's the it's the fourth large, fastest growing market in the country right now. You know, name a Fortune 500 company, and they're there. The population growth is tremendous. You know, last year I think it was 1.29 percent. I was looking up some statistics before this. Tremendous and consistent. It's a, that, exactly. Another statistic that I saw out there was the was the uh, job growth is actually outpacing population. Wow. Which. I, again, I'm I'm not 100% sure how that happens, but ultimately what, what it tells me is that the job growth is dragging people to Atlanta. And diverse economy, too. It's not like it's a one-trick pony. There's a lot of diverse economy in, in Atlanta. We have done field trips there in the past and always been amazed that people don't realize the number of movies that are filmed in Atlanta. Well, you know, Atlanta just surpassed uh, Hollywood in uh, in movie production dollars. So, which is a, a great segue that the Oakley Station property that uh, we're talking about today uh, in Southwest Atlanta, that particular property is right around the corner from the Atlanta Metro uh, Studios. You know, they've they've done things like uh, the Watchmen. They've done Jumanji. Uh, just south of us is the uh, is the Marvel Studios. And then one of my favorites is the Stranger Things, and they did a lot of the Stranger Things right around uh, right around this property that yep. we're talking about uh, in Southwest Florida. So, so that's a, another driver in terms of jobs and so forth. You've got a big educational component, a big medical component, and that's the thing that when we talk about getting married to the market is that there are different drivers, different stories, I call them, in a market. What are the reasons that people will come into a market? There's professional sports teams. Well, that's a whole what we call a cone. It pulls 
money into the marketplace. And when you talk about specific medical, it's like tertiary medical where I go to the, the urgent care. But when there's medical that people come to seek out because it's like the best thing, you know, in, in its niche, there's those kinds of things as well. So it's a, it's been a strong market for a long time. And you mentioned big companies that are headquartered there. There's a ton of those. Um, what about the rental side? So as this grows, how is rental demand looking? And you talked a little bit about the rental rates. What are you seeing in Atlanta there? Yeah, so the, the rents are great in Atlanta, you know, so and, and with the population growth the way it is, people just need more and more housing. And, you know, with the, the jobs outpacing the population, you start to see the, the wages increasing. Yep. So as wages increase, obviously, you know, everything else goes up around it. So, um, you know, so we see a, a population of people that can afford nice homes. Now, we're not talking, you know, we don't go out and build the, the home that we've got to rent for $4,000 a month. That's that's not what we do. You right. know, you know, we're looking for the people that, you know, are workforce and above that, are, you know, are buying, you know, that are renting that house for $1,200 to $1,800 a month. You know, that's that's the wheelhouse that we like to stay in. You know, that, that keeps us uh, with a clientele that's, you know, steadily employed, that's respectful of the properties, and that, uh, you know, that, that typically is a little bit stickier. You know, when you, when, when you're renting a house at that sort of price and you've got a good job, that job's probably somewhere close by. You keep that job, you're going to want to stay in that property. So, you know, so all of those things kind of lead back to why we pick the properties that we do and, and in the areas that we pick them. Well, and, you know, people talk about where there may be opportunity in the lower end, and that's true in some places, C-class apartments, you know, 50, 60-year-old houses. But the challenge there is you've got all the things that come with that in terms of maintenance and turnover. The two most expensive things in buy and hold single family real estate are turnover and vacancy. And if you can eliminate that by having a strong market so the next tenant comes in quickly and the fact that I'm guessing you guys have good resources to make ready and turn properties around since you're building the houses, that's a pretty good combination as well. Well, absolutely. And, you know, like like we touched on earlier, you know, we've designed these houses to be very easy to turn and very cheap to turn. Not because we use cheap materials. The materials are actually upgrades from what you would see in most houses being built by the National Home Builders today with the granite and the vinyl plank floors. But it's incredibly easy to turn them because there's not really much that the tenants can destroy. Like I said earlier, too, you know, we use two different paint paint colors. We use a, a loft gray and a an oat brand, which is a brown. So we have our gray and our brown tones. So, uh, you know, so when we go in to do these turns, again, we've got those paint colors, you know, right on, you know, right on hand. And, you know, we go in, knock them out and, uh, you know, and it looks good as new. Yeah, that's a small thing, but it's this important. When there's an issue and they have to come fix it, not have to hunt and find and match paint color, it's only going to be one of two, right? That keeps costs down and so forth. And because you've got this balance, on one side, you're building and delivering the product, but on the other side, when that product gets delivered and there's a tenant there, you've got to manage it. You've got to complete the pass, if you will. That has you look at it differently. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and particularly when, you know, we're in these in these large neighborhoods where where we where we have a lot of rental properties next to the the homeowner properties, you know we want to make sure that the whole community stays looking nice for, from a from a long term perspective because that's ultimately that's what's going to provide the end value the the equity increases for our investors. You know all of our investors are buying from us for cash flow. You know the deal has to work right now, and so the deal works now, but. 
I mean, who doesn't want who doesn't want appreciation? You know, right. that's that's the uh, you know that's the prize at the at the end of everything. So we we spend a lot of time uh, in these communities, making sure that the yards are taken care of. And depending on the community, we may actually require the tenants to have our yard service take care of the yard for them, just so that we're keeping things up. You know, in, in some of our uh, you know like this particular community, Oakley Station, you know the the yard work is all taken care of by the homeowners association so that you know it's a consistent look going forward. Awesome. Now walk us through the houses, kind of size range, bedrooms, bathrooms, pricing, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so in, in this particular community, they're t- townhomes, and uh, we have two different models. Uh, we have a three, it's a three, two and a half that's about 1,550 square feet, and we have a four, two and a half that is about 1,650 square feet. So upstairs, downstairs, so they're two-story units. The units are uh, a traditional neighborhood design, meaning that um, they've got walkways up to the front doors. So, you know, the, the parking is in the back and the walkways up to the front. So it has a it shows very nice, you yeah. know, like a traditional neighborhood feel. OK. And then um, price range. Price range. Yes. So we are on the on the three bedrooms. Uh, we are at one hundred and sixty seven nine and on the four bedrooms, one hundred and seventy seven nine. So we are uh, thrilled to be yeah. able to stay under that that 180 mark. That's a that's a big one for us, and we can keep it under that. That's awesome. Now, of course, people do go back into the archives and listen to the show. So depending on when you're listening on that, prices can and will change, and we hope they do. Let's talk about the report, because you guys have been in the market a while. You've been studying the market, and you've put together a great report that the listeners going to have access to talking about Southwest Atlanta. What are they going to read about in the report? Well, we talked about the population uh, growth there, and that's, that's one of the biggies. Um, also... We, we talked a lot about the proximity to the airport in there. You know, that's that's a big one. You know, the, the airport in Atlanta is one of the largest in the one country. One of the largest in the world, yeah, yeah, and busiest for sure. And so, you know, so we are, we're, we're a little bit south of that, but we're only about 10 or 15 minutes away from the airport. Oh, wow. And, and so we're outside the Beltway. And, you know, we, we like being outside the Beltway of Atlanta because – Inside the Beltway, you know, it's it's hit or miss. You know, there's definitely some good good parts of Atlanta inside the Beltway, but it's becoming harder and harder to find land that you can buy and develop, and then provide a product at the price points that we are that we're providing in Southwest Florida. And there's a lot of folks that are that are moving outside the Beltway, and in droves. You know, I think you touched on it earlier. You know, we're doing uh, several large single-family subdivisions. And, uh, you know, when, as soon as we bought these p- parcels of land, the national home builders came out of the woodwork. They just cannot build the houses fast enough out in this Union City area for the amount of demand that's coming from the population. So it's, it's a, great, a great part of, of that market. It's where a lot of the, the growth is being driven. And it's growth in affordable price points like what we're providing. But you go a little bit past us, and there's some just crazy outlandish phenomenal development projects like Serenby which is a you know a, a sustainable living community I mean it's, it's gorgeous I mean some of probably some of the wealthiest people in Atlanta are, are living you know just uh, just to the south of us you know a lot of its second homes and things like that you know so there's just a lot going there's a the metro is coming down to Union City so you know just making the mass transit uh, system expand out to this region is another big boom for it so 
all these factors, this, this is just a growth area. We feel really lucky that we found this particular project. Um, it was a project that had been acquired uh, by, uh, by a speculator from a bank after the crash. So 90 of the, the townhome lots in this community are already developed. And then there's another roughly 60 that we're going to have to develop as phase two. And there were there were 32 units already built in the property that are that are occupied by homeowners right now, so you know the a, a speculative investor bought this property from a bank and just held it. Didn't have it on the market. One of our land acquisition guys dug it up. You know, they're they're scouring the satellite uh, images to see where there was you know leftover developed lots. And so you know we were able to get a great price on the property, which is why we're able to provide a great price you know to the investor at the end of the day. Uh, so I don't know if that answered your question about the uh, the market report, but that that was one of the things that we really liked about that. Good stuff. Deal. Well, to get your hands on the report, all I have to do is send an email to SW Atlanta Southwest Atlanta SW Atlanta at realestateguysradio.com. You also get uh, the contact information so you can reach out to Southern Impression Homes and find out about any of the fine properties and markets that they're in. Chris, it's always good to talk to you. Thanks for being on the show today. You as well, sir. Thanks for having me. There's Chris Funk. Hey, more when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. If you've been listening to the Real Estate Guys for a while, then you've heard about the legendary Investor Summit. Simply put, it's the highest level event we do, and the content, faculty, and attendees are amazing. If you're serious about taking your real estate investment to the next level, consider joining us. You'll spend more than a week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals, and you'll have a blast. It all begins June 11th, 2020 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more and get on the advance notice list. We'll spend two and a half days on land, learning and networking, then jump aboard a luxury cruise ship for more classes, roundtable discussions, great dinner conversations, and a ton of fun. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to hang out with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 18th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. Real Estate Guys listeners, are you tired of losing real estate deals due to financing issues? Have you had enough of waiting on banks, lenders, and investor groups to fund new projects? What if there were a way to eliminate all the hassle and invest in real estate on your own terms? I'm here to tell you there is. Patrick Donahoe here from Paradigm Life. I'm an Investopedia Top 100 Most Influential Financial Advisor, and I recently wrote a best-selling book about the financial strategy that changed my entire investment model, and the one that could change yours. To get a copy of my book for free and learn how you can maximize your real estate portfolio by acting as your own bank, send an email to mybank at realestateguysradio.com. Don't make another real estate deal without reading my book first. Email mybank at realestateguysradio.com now to get your copy for free. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, best-selling author of Tax-Free Wealth, and you're listening to Real Estate Guys Radio. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys Radio program. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. Great to hear from Mr. Chris Funk. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about just having somebody boots on the ground uh, in Atlanta because that's such a dynamic market. We've been going there for 10, 10 years. You know, I was thinking about the other day, every single person who came on a real estate guy's field trip to Atlanta and ended up buying something, 
is really happy. Yeah, they did well. We, we went right at the end of the crash, and the challenge became finding inventory, right? That became tough. And Atlanta's a big place. You can't just say Atlanta. That's why I love the fact that they're strategic about where in the market it makes sense, because there's something like nine counties in the greater Atlanta right. area. I mean, it's a big place. Well, but the macro part of it, first of all, you've got all the critical infrastructure that any CEO is going to want. You know, when Amazon did their HQ2 bid, uh, I kind of went out on a limb and said, hey, I think I think Atlanta is probably going to get it. Uh, and I felt like it, it probably would have been a great choice for a lot of reasons. There was probably some politics uh, involved, but I don't know, certainly not inside Jeff Bezos' head. But Atlanta had everything. It's got distribution. It's got a huge labor force. It's got a business-friendly environment. It's got a great quality of life for people. It's an affordable price point. It's a distribution town. And so that's really important. you got that big port. Stuff comes in. Big UPS hub there. Uh, Home Depot's located there. Coca-Cola's located there. Big, great American companies. So there's just a lot going on. And of course, now the big movie production is a huge thing. It's a huge driver there. So it's a great, great market. And to your point, Robert, inventory has always been a problem. The other thing that I appreciate about what Chris and company are doing is being attentive to not overbuilding. You know, we're, we love Florida, and but you don't hear us talk about Miami very often. And there's a reason. There's a reason for that, because where's the money coming from? It's a lot of foreign money coming in, spec money coming in, rich money coming in. People are building, but they're overbuilding. They're building on spec. When that thing turns, and there's some clues out there, some hints that it might be starting to turn right now, it, it can get ugly. But the, when, you, when you're building on fundamentals based on real population, real workers, uh, tenants, a price point that isn't, you know, speculative, but this is bread and butter real estate, affordable real estate with great quality of life attached to it. You've got something that is sustainable. And, and it wouldn't even surprise me if, if the economy were to suffer a downturn, I would think that Atlanta would actually be a beneficiary of that because you know, I, I think no matter how bad the economy gets, they're still going to make Marvel movies. Well, the, yeah, entertainment always does well, that's for sure. But this is a place where companies that are looking to relocate to where there's a, a lower tax tax environment, a great labor pool, uh, lots of uh, in important infrastructure that they need. Atlanta's going to be on their short list. And I, I think that's probably why they're experiencing the job growth, because people are looking for ways to find ways to compete. And Atlanta and that general part of Georgia provides that. You know, one of the things I really appreciate about what they're doing there and having met Chris's team and been in their offices and, and seen a lot of what they've done, one of the greatest things is they were referred to us by someone we know and trust. And that's right. the first thing, right? It was referrals, everything. But here's one of the nuances. They don't have to make a fortune selling the property because what they're after is the long-term management so of the property. So that's even more important. We say all the time this is a relationship business. And, uh, you know, people that flip properties and developers are in that category, they're transactionally oriented. They get in, they get out, right? And and so going back to Miami, people develop and then they sell it to somebody and, hey, I hope it works for you. It was good for me. When, when you're in it for the long term, when you're, you've got a vested interest in that stream of income from the property management, you have to build it right, you have to sell it right, you have to manage it right, or there's nothing in it for you. And people say, well, why would they leave so much meat on the bone when they could take it to the retail market? Well, first, because they're after the long-term relationship. Second, because investors don't buy one, they buy multiples. And the thing is, it's a lot more stable. When I was in the mortgage business, I didn't go do residential lending. I was interested in working with investors for all the same reasons, uh, because 
that's just a better customer to have. So I, I just love their model. I love the market. And, you know, as an investor, nothing's better than buying a brand new property. I mean, that's awesome. And to be able to deliver that at that price point in that market is just amazing. If you'd like more information on the Southwest Atlanta market and on any of the markets that they're interested in, you'll get their contact details if you just send an email to swatlanta at realestateguysradio.com, like Southwest, swatlanta at realestateguysradio.com. Big thanks to Chris Funk for being on the program today. And until next week, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at BeYourBank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers. Low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct. Asset protection strategies for real estate investors. From attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.